0: Are you in need of a pace clock? Looking to finally upgrade those ancient analog clocks? The swim nerd pace clock is the most innovative digital pace clock. Go to swimpractice.com to check it out.
1: Okay, floor manager, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you?
0: Thank you. Thank you for, for having me. I'm good. I'm just waiting to race again, but like start to be a bit long, but like I'm waiting and I'm I will race a lot the uh, next few weeks, so I'm okay.
1: Well listen, we don't have conversations very often, but I will tell you your English has improved since the last time we spoke. So <laughs> good job.
0: Yeah yeah a lot but I, I, I have to uh, I have to talk with my girlfriend too so we, 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 speak, we speak in English so I have no other choice. James Gibson he speaks a bit in French, but I think my English is now better than in, in his French so. <laughs> I think I'm I'm getting better now, but I'm still French, so it's okay.
1: <laughs> well, listen, man, I really appreciate you doing this. I know that you're busy in competition now and you're focused on that, but uh I've had a lot of uh I've been lucky over the past six, seven months. I've had incredible sprinters come on my podcast and and I was missing yeah, I, I was missing one of the best. <laughs> so I needed to get you, man. Thank you for this. Thank you. Yeah. So listen, um l- let's just kind of get into this. There's there's a lot to talk about, but uh look the chances of somebody winning an olympic gold medal is almost impossible you know very very small to to be an olympic champion but to come yeah. from a family where two people brother and a sister win <laughs> olympic gold medals is just it's it's never happened it's unheard of it's uh it's crazy man so talk to me about your family like how did this happen um
0: i think it just happened before we started to swim uh... Our parents just teach us probably to be very competitive in like everything with a kind of games, cards, stuff like this, and uh, we played a lot of sport like handball, like uh, tennis table, like uh, athleticism for my uh, for my sister too. So I think they just try to um, keep this mindset for us, and they they try to yeah. My, my dad was a competitive but not my grandpa or grandma so they just tried to be to be good with, uh, with us and apparently it worked and um, I'm happy because my brother is the same it just stopped I uh, just stopped swimming for a while between 12 and 18 years old and you know that's when everything happened. so I don't know I, it's difficult to explain. Um, I think my sister just um, showed me the the path a bit and um, I don't know it happened so far so mm-hmm. I, I don't really know how to uh, to explain everything maybe it's in how blood too
1: well there's, there's many um qualities that go into an olympic champion you know and, and there's a lot of hard work that goes into being olympic champion but I think when people uh, look at both of you um, there's obviously freaky talents I mean you're both Exceptionally talented. Uh, do you recognize that in yourselves? The talents that you both have.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, in Marseille, when I was when when I trained with the uh, with the boys like Camila Co or Fred Bousquet, they always uh, called me like the the lazy boy. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's because I had a bit of of talent. Uh, it's not all about work i think in life like you have something in your blood at the beginnings like not especially for sport but for i don't know uh to be a politician to be a, a doctor to be something like this and just i'm very happy because my parents like pushed me through the the swimming and this is just my thing and i don't know yes i think i have talent but maybe no more than uh than other swimmer here like we're just high level swimmer like high in high sportsman, and I just try to work with, with my talent, and I've been better so far because I stopped doing three years, so I have two extra work compared yeah, nice.
1: to before. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit. How, what's the age difference between uh, Laura and, and yourself?
0: Uh, there is four years. Four years.
1: Okay, so yeah. when, when she was winning Olympic gold for the first time, how old were you?
0: I was... Uh... I was 14, 13, 14 years old, 15, and I watched her at the TV. Yeah. Oh, so this young.
1: this had a big impression on you as a kid then, right?
0: Yeah, I just remember uh, watching my first Olympic in Sydney because, um, I don't know, I was 10 years old. Um, <clears throat> it was a big thing for, for swimming because, like, Australia is, like, uh, it's a big sport in Australia, swimming, so. I remember that. I remember Freddie Busquets swimming the 4 by one by the way. (laughs) It's (laughs) it's funny. Um, And in the Hatton, I I just, I don't know. For me, it was normal that my sister won because she was the best in France. She was the best in Europe. And I was like, yeah, it's just normal. And then I just traveled after the gold medal. I traveled to Hatton with my parents and my brother. And I just understood a bit more what was the Olympics and I was like so impressed by by everything and I saw some um, some sportsmen some French sportsmen some uh, other nationality sportsmen and I was very impressed I think that's when I understood what what was like high level and I wanted to be part of it you know I think at that time
1: yeah, yeah. Well, my, my first memories of the Olympics were Rowdy Gaines winning in, in 84, but my first real, I think, um, hero in swimming for me was probably Matt Biondi, uh, 88, watching him compete. You, you watched Sydney. Who who was uh, the person that, that sticks out in your memory as, as the person that that's the guy for you?
0: Jan Thorpe. Mm-hmm. I, think, I, I think I was wrong at that moment, but I remember I told to my dad, I want to be like him. I want to be two meters and a hundred kilos. He's probably smaller than two meters. But I don't know, in my head, he was like so big, so talented. And, and I was like, yeah, I want to be just like him. Not especially like the 400 or 200, but I want to be a superstar in the swimming because I don't know, I like I I liked him just, just this. And my my mom is like Dutch too. So I had uh, VDH too, Peter Von huber mm-hmm. And I really like that moment between uh, him and uh, and Yanto. It was one of the greatest moments in swimming history for me. So, yeah, I think like both, both of these guys were like my idols at that moment.
1: Yeah, well, I agree. Well, listen, it's it's also important to be in the right place at the right time and growing into the sport of swimming and and um, having the people around you that you have. Uh, you were very fortunate to have Roman Barnier and, and James Gibson come into your life at <clears throat> the right time, at the right moment. How important yeah. have they been for your career?
0: Um, I think it was, was one of the most moments uh, in my career because I just left my small club, uh, which I loved because my brother would train me uh, during six or seven years. And I reached the uh, world champion in 2011. And I decided to move because I was like, OK, if I want to be at the Olympics in 12, I have to be good in 100 fly or in the 53. I was between these two heavens. And when I saw the 211-53, I was like, OK, like the civil medal is 21.9. 9 Maybe if I am the, the, the Olympic team, I can get a medal because I was like, it's not that fast. Um, and both uh, Romain and James told me, yes, it, it's possible. Like the most difficult part for you will be in the French team because I was beside uh, Fred Bousquet, Amaury Levaux, Alain Bernard, Fabien Gillot. And they were like super good. Like all these swimmers won something in the 53 Europeans, Worlds, or Olympics. So at that moment, I was like super. Um, uh, super scared to to race this race at the French National because I was for me just a kid, and when I got the when I got the, the the qualification, I was like super excited in a way. But my season was like okay, it's done now. I'm like in the Olympics, like everything gonna happen now will be just extra, and I think that's when I improve a lot because because like. It's difficult to be in a French French team, in the sprint French team, because you're like a lot of good swimmers. I think it's the same in Australia, it's the same in the, in the US. And it helped me a lot to have James and uh, and Roman at that time, because they teach me a lot about Olympics. They teach me a lot about sprinting, but also be relaxed. I remember the, the last thing Romain and James told me before the Olympic final in 12, they told be just, I have nothing to tell you, you know, how it works you just have to smile when you go on the blocks and many times I just watch uh, this race again and I'm the only one smiling before the race and uh, I think that that's why maybe not that's why I won the race but that's why I really swam fast for this race because I was just relaxed
1: do you remember the race because I remember it specifically I was standing on the pool deck and and I remember thinking to myself as soon as you took off I was like oh this race is over. Like, what the hell is, who's that? You know, like I, I didn't in my mind think of you as, as possibly winning the event. I'm sure you were a contender, but, but you took off straight away and got on your, your, your stroke. Do you remember the race at all or is it just something that happened?
0: Uh, I just remember before the race, like when I was on the block, it took so long, uh, the referee to uh, with, with the whistle. And I was like, okay, I have time to be relaxed. I have time to just prepare myself to put my, uh, my, my feet on the block how I want because in the prelims and the semi, I didn't have time because in France, I think we have a bit more time to get ready. And I remember this and I, I remember like my breakout was bad, but in a way it was good for me because I didn't like overswim like, I mean, with the tempo and it helped me a lot. And after that, I just like, okay, I will, I will try to do this 50 without any breath. And I will try to switch on the light at the end of the uh, of the lane because it was the first time. I remember, we have the light one, two, or three, if you finish like one, two, and three. And it was just a game for me. Like when you're a kid at school, I just wanted to touch the, the wall first. And I didn't really think about my race. And I think I remember more the pictures and the video i saw about about this one to be honest
1: wow that that's incredible like even you just talking about it saying deciding that you weren't going to take a breath during the race i mean uh, for, for most people these these things are decisions that are made way before the race but it sounds like you were just so free to go out and express yourself and, and swim the way you wanted to swim that you were making decisions as they were happening right
0: yes because so let's, let's go back a bit before for the French nationals. Uh, I wanted to do the Olympics with Fred Bousquet and uh, my sister as well. But the problem is like, Fred didn't swim so well at these nationals. Uh, for me, he was the best. Like he swam 21-3, two years before to become a European champion. The best, uh, the best swimmer with a textile suit. And I was like, I can only f- finish second. And when I saw that I was second, but he was fourth, I think, yeah, it was fourth. I was like a bit ashamed because he was my brother-in-law at that time. And I was like during three, four months, I was like, I don't know if I have my place. Like for sure, Fred is like better than me. And it's a bit ashamed that I'm here and not him. And when I qualify for the final, I was like free because i was like no i have my place i am i finished six or seven that's yeah six of the semifinals so i was like no it's easy now i have my place so just do what you want and Mm. don't think too much be ready for your final you know how it is and let's see what's gonna
1: happen oh wow that's that's good perspective i appreciate you sharing Mm -hmm. that thank you thank you now now that you've won and you are olympic champion uh do you feel like a legend of the sport? Do you, f- you feel like that's your legacy now? Are you one of the legends?
0: I don't want to be a legend. I just, I hate to lose. And it's a bit of a love-hate relationship with, uh, with this 53 because I want to win so much that sometimes before the race, I'm like, oh, I cannot lose this race. And after that, everything is released. But... I don't know. I just want to I just want to finish first again. I just want to win some races. I hope I will win the 53, of course, but I want to win here in ISL. I want to win maybe in two years in uh, the world. So I just love that feeling. And I just remember James told me just after this race in twelve. Um, you know, to become a legend or to be a, a great champion, it's not to win once. You have to you have to win twice because A lot of swimmer won once, but it can be not luck, but you took the momentum, you know? And James, like, put this idea in my head straight after the the Olympic final in London. And I'm so grateful about this because that's because of that that I raced a lot and I won a lot of medals between London and Rio. Unfortunately, I I lost in Rio, but I think... Yes, he put this idea in my mind, and that's why I'm I'm like this now. And I just want to do it again with a bit more of more fun now. But yeah, I want to be a legend. But what is a legend? This is the this is the problem. Like I think we can just see that after after my career. But I want to race to to win like a lot a lot of races, and let's see what's gonna happen. Now. I'm just a kid who wants
1: to touch first the wall. <laughs> Good answer, man. I know there was um, some talk. I, you know, I, I'm. I was roommates with with Romy in college. Uh, Roman Barnier. We were we were roommates and teammates. And I remember talking to him and even James Gibson. There was maybe some concern that you were so talented and you were you're so successful, so young that there was a chance that you, you may give it away at some point after the Olympics. Like there, there was like this fear of like, well. He's done everything so quickly. He may just quit now. Um, was there ever a concern like that for you?
0: Yeah, uh, it was. It was difficult to be honest after the, the Olympics because <clears throat> because I was second at the national before, and when you're 21 and you become Olympic champion in the 50 freestyle, which was my dream, like since 10 years since. Sydney or Athens, I was like, okay, now I have to be ready to win European championships. I have to be ready to win French nationals because I I wasn't even French, French champion, like Mm -hmm. Amourie Leveau uh, beaten me in the the nationals. So it was difficult for moments and I lost uh, in Barcelona. And it was more, more easy after because I think when you lose a race, you have the feeling you lose, you're losing a year. And after that moment, I just turned my mind and I don't know. Yeah, I think that moment was very important for me. And uh, it's good to be talented. Uh, I'm not the only one, but I think everyone is talented. In an Olympic final, we just have different weapons. And I try to do with my weapons. And no, I don't know. I just I just try to swim fast. And that's pretty easy for me now. Yeah. I'm enjoying the uh, I'm enjoying the process too.
1: I can tell. I can see maturity in you. I can see a change in you. Um, you know, I, I see somebody that is very hungry now and very determined. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. But I want to go back to 16 now. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, you lose the back-to-back race at the Olympic final by yeah. one one hundredth to uh, to another. Olympic legend uh, Anthony Irvin. Um did you expect to win that race, and were you were you shocked when you when you finished second?
0: Uh, yeah, I expect to to win the race um, more than London. To be honest, um, I think I had to win in uh, in Rio, but not in London. I just did the opposite. But this is sport. That's why we are we are so much in sport, and we love sport because it's not just mathematics and. Um, yeah, it was difficult, uh, but I remember it was all the week was difficult because we had some trouble with the French team. Uh, we finished second in the 4x1-3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Camille Lacour didn't win any medal. Uh, we had some issues with uh, Yannick Daniel with the 4x2. And the 53 is at the end of the of the week, of the Olympic week. So I was like, okay. I have to save the French team. If I win this race, I will save a bit of the French team. I will be like uh, the the big tree uh, in front of the forest. But before the race, I was like, okay, I will touch this wall and my season will be done. And I think when you have this mindset, it's not super good. So in a way, I'm not surprised that I fi- I I finished second and before the race and after the race as well I was like I'm happy for Anthony because what a story you know I, I wanted to to win of course but I prefer to be beaten to be beaten by uh, Anthony or, uh, or another legend like this and for me it was just incredible like you won in Sydney and you won in, uh, in, in Rio so I, I was pretty happy for, for him a bit a bit disappointed for, uh, for me but for him yes of course I was happy
1: yeah. It sounds like you were carrying a lot of pressure for sure. But yeah. What, what's your thoughts on Anthony Irvin winning 16 years apart is just, uh, it blows my mind, man. It's incredible, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think he's like one of the most talented swimmer and, uh, probably the fastest swimmer between the 15 and the 50. And I think he did a mistake in 12, to be honest, it was the best, um, and I don't know it's just incredible and I love the guy too and I love the comeback and it's all about the story and yeah the Olympic final is one day maybe if we were swimming this this final 10 times we can have 10 different like results but he won't at the right time and i'm I'm so happy for him and I'm impressed I'm impressed because at 35 years old it's not it's not that easy to to win a race but when you stop swimming, you experience a lot of stuff and you understand a bit more the r- real life, if I can say that, and you just come back for fun and you don't put a lot of pressure on you. That's what I experienced when I start doing three years now and I feel much better now.
1: What's your thoughts on this idea that <clears throat> is out there amongst people that don't necessarily understand the 50 freestyle, that anybody can win the race? Uh, my, my feeling is the best swimmer wins the race. My, my feeling is um, it's not anybody's race. I, I feel like you're Olympic champion because you were the best swimmer. Uh, it's not because of luck. Uh, when I watch your race, you do so many things right. And, um, and you're in the right mental state, uh, physically, uh, technically, everything is clicking. It's not a matter of chance for me. So do you feel the same way that the 50 freestyle it comes down to the best swimming swimmer wins?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's the only race where you cannot do any mistake, and we can see through the years it's not a lot of not a lot of swimmer like have won the 50 free. I don't know Alex Popov, um, <clears throat> Anthony Irving, Gary O but it's not always different. Like now it's Caleb is the best so far in non in course mm-hmm. and he won the awards in 17 and 19. It, it's just because I think people people think there is not a lot of difference, but this is high level. Of course, when we look at the 100 flat athletics, it's like there is a lot of meters difference, but actually the difference between the first and the second is not that much too. And when we're swimming, People think, oh no, it's like so close. So maybe he didn't deserve to win this race. It was luck. It was, but no, like two tenths of a second is a lot. Mm -hmm. And you know, you know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And just for swimmers, I think they understand that. But for non swimmers, it's a bit, bit difficult to understand that we're not winning by one or two meters, but it's just simply impossible.
1: Yeah. Well, when you are, in a room full of the best swimmers in the world? When you're in the Olympic final and you go to the call room, you go to the ready room and you've got 10 minutes before the race and you're you're sitting there and you know yeah. that, like you said, everybody's talented, everybody's worked hard. How do you sit in a room like that and believe that you can win?
0: You just have to convince yourself that you're the best. <laughs> uh, I, I I told you, like, we all have, different weapons Uh, let's say between Caleb and Anthony it's the opposite I think of course Caleb is swimming very fast but Caleb is very good for the first 15 and Anthony was a very good swimmer between the 15 and the 50 so we all try to do our best 50 and in the call room it's yeah you just have to convince yourself to stay in your your own process and I mean we race a lot we train a lot we know how how the 50 is like and sometimes we stress a bit too much I think but at the end we don't have to stress because even even if we don't really know like how a body knows how to do it it's like this when you're in shape you're in shape like you're ready to to, to to be fast and if you try to think too much before the race this is my point of view but if you try to think too much about yes let's let's really think about my breakout let's really think about my touch about you're already you're you're already losing because if you think too much you're losing the race especially for 50 mm-hmm. you don't have to think it has to be automatic and all the best swimmers in the 50 like
1: are like this i think for me yeah i agree 100% so uh, we're on the same page there uh, <laughs> okay in the next in the next uh when's the olympics maybe uh what 8 months away something like this let's yeah. say in yeah, the I next <laughs> in, in the next 8 months if you could have one of two things if you could be the first man under 21 seconds in a textile and break the world record or you could be olympic champion which one would you prefer
0: Olympic champion, of course, Olympic champion, maybe like, yeah, it's important, you know, this like barrier, but when you have an Olympic title, it's forever. And when you beat a world record, like someone else will beat, will beat it and again and again and again. So yes, of course, the sensation, the feeling of beating a world record is like crazy good. But nothing is better than an Olympic title because it's just a re- uh, a dream. and I hope I can do both, of course, but this is all our goal eh? all the all the fifty three guys, all the hundred, two hundred it's it's the same for everyone, but but I prefer to be, to become Olympic champion the second time, but it's gonna be tough. <laughs> it's
1: gonna be tough. well listen you've you've already been Olympic champion, so you know that's possible. Uh, do you think it's possible yeah. to get under twenty one seconds? But next year,
0: yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I think when a lot of swimmers like start to be faster and faster, it pushes you to to be better every day and to swim faster and faster. It's it's how it is. I'm not sure. Like I was faster than uh, Matt Biondi or Tom Jagger uh, in 88, or it's just like when someone is like swimming so fast in your brain is breaking something and you're like oh my god it's possible and um yeah i hope so i hope so in last january i i saw 21.5 in in luxembourg like uh, not shaving not tapering and it was part of the process of course but i'm confident with my swimming and of course if someone is swimming 20.5 it's going to be difficult to have the uh, the, the olympic title but it's a one day race and I hope I'll I'll be the first to touch the wall at the end. And and that's it. It's pretty simple. The sport, when you think about it.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, listen, most people think the the Olympic finals coming down to two people, really. I mean, there are many great athletes in the world, no doubt, but I think there is a little bit of separation between you and Caleb and the rest of the world. Uh, uh, Most people think that the, the gold medal is going to come down to you two. I could ask Caleb this question: What's it like to race Flo Manadu? But I'm going to ask you: What's it like to race Caleb Dressel?
0: I love it. I love it because he he pushed me to uh to to my own limit. And in short course, it's it's difficult sometimes to beat him when he's in shape because he's so good in the water and uh, and at the wall. But in long course, it's going to be different. I it's a one day race and. No one is uh, unbeatable, and I'll try my best. If he, he touched before me, he would be Olympic champion, and and uh, I don't know. We can be surprised by by someone else, you know. There is always someone coming at the Olympics, and I don't know. I'll try. I'll try to win this race. Of course, this is my goal. This is one, one oh, Sorry, this is one of my goals, but, but yeah. Swimming again against like a great swimmer like him is it's pretty amazing, and I think it's the same for Chad Leclos for the 100 free for the 100 fly or Carl uh, Chalmers for the 100 free. It's like it's pretty good, but he he helped us to swim faster too, so I'm happy.
1: Yeah, why did you decide to take some time off, uh, and and go into professional handball? Uh, what was that for you?
0: I wanted to take some time off because in France, when you are World Olympic champion, you, you're you like a god because we don't have that much. Uh, it's not like the, in the US or in China or whatever. But when you lose uh, after that, it's like very hard, very hard, and there is a lot of pressure from the, from the press, from the journalists. And I was like, okay, it's just too much. I'm not sure I'm swimming for the good reason now. And I just wanted to take some time off. Uh, to be honest, I'm, I was like, I'm done with swimming. Uh, I won two, three Olympic medal. It was my goal. Uh, I won the world uh, world title. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm done, uh, I had some fun. And I was racing and uh, enjoying my uh, my journey with, uh, with the guys in Marseille. And that's it. I wanted to play sport. I didn't want to just have pressure on me all the time. And uh, I play handball. And it was good because you're not playing swimming. It's not the same thing when you're going to training. You know, you'll be it's going to be painful. Some trainings and some races will be painful. Some moments too. But even though a handball is painful because you're running, you're shooting, you're jumping, yeah, it's like very, very full sport. But you have fun. Like you, you have a ball. You play with uh, some friends, and you try to, to be the best. And if you're not in a good day, you can someone else can take your place on the, on the, um, <clears throat> on the team and in the team, and that's pretty good to win. But I, I had a lot of fun, and I just tried to take the fun I had in a handball and to put it in my in my swimming training and it helped me a lot because so far I just not just enjoy my result, but I also enjoy to be with my teammate. I enjoy to swim in the sun. I enjoy to I don't know to be with James because I, I like him. But when you stop you understand all this stuff. But if if you don't stop or if you never experience that you don't really know because you're just swimming. You're good at it. And then you have coaches, you have partners, sponsors, family, friends. They're all like, okay, what's next year? like?" And you don't really have the time to think about it because you have three weeks, one month, and you're just starting again your season and you're just like continuously for 15 years and you don't really think. And now it's my decision. I want to swim. I want to swim faster. And I think James like it's pretty good coach for that because he gave me some space because I train in Marseille and I train in Antalya too. And I create my own program and I'm more in my, uh, in my process too. It's not someone else who choose for me. It's like myself. And I appreciate that.
1: Awesome, man. I love that answer. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> you haven't retired yet, so we're not going to, we're not going to give you the crown, but it, who is the greatest sprinter, in history, uh, up to this point, do you think?
0: It's still hundred,
1: You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the greatest uh, sprinter difficult. alive? You think? Who who do you think is the greatest sprinter in history?
0: I would say Alexander Popov. I don't know. It's like I didn't really see him swim because I was too young, I think, and. There were a lot of swimmers, but if I have to take fifty and hundred, for sure, it's like Alexander Popov. Yeah.
1: Well, you're gonna come. Your podcast is gonna come after Alexander Popov. You're gonna be next. So <laughs> it's like you're taking over from the the king. So it's a good but sign, my sure
0: friend. Yeah, <laughs> but there were a lot a, a lot of good uh, good sprinter after that, like uh, Anthony and yeah. Cesar Cielo. Sure, sure. And there is a lot. Matt Biondi as well.
1: Yeah there's a lot I don't of know, it's, it's,
0: Yeah it's difficult but he won both 50 and 100 in two Olympics in a row so yeah, yeah I think it's Alexander
1: Yeah true Well listen man uh I didn't enjoy swimming as much when you were gone I yeah. I enjoy swimming much more <laughs> when you're there I love watching you I think you're incredible I mean I I I'm so glad when I talked to James I see somebody that's a physical specimen. I see talent. But then when I talk <laughs> to James, James tells me that you're matching your talent with your hard work. And that's what I really love to see. I love to watch you perform. I think you're an incredible sprinter, man. Um, I truly believe that you can win the Olympics again next year. I'm a, I'm a big believer Thank in you. you. big fan of yours. I'm very grateful that you would give me some time today. So um, keep doing what you're doing, man. I truly uh, love watching you, okay?
0: I have, I have one question. Do you remember the first time you saw me swimming or not? I have the story. I remember.
1: Well, tell me the story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was in 2009. Uh, you were coaching, coaching uh, Fred Busquet mm-hmm. when he broke the world record in the 53 in Montpellier,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yes. you saw me at the in the final at the 100 fly, I think. And you asked him uh, without knowing it was me. Uh, Who is this swimmer? Like? I want to train him because it seems like he has a lot of I don't know, talent, or um, I don't know what exactly you said to uh, to Fred Busquet, but I remember when I was, like, so impressed because you coach to greatest like, sprinter, Cesar, Roland, uh, Fred, uh, Bruno, and, like, a lot of good sprinter. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so impressed. And <laughs> it gave me confidence at, at that time, but it's now... Uh, 11 years ago but i still remember that story so
1: well I, I appreciate that look i could <laughs> i could tell from from the day that i saw you you were going to be one of the greats and l- listen i can tell you this you're with the right coach james gibson is the best coach for you you're in the right team energy standard it's a great team for you everything you're doing you're in the right place at the right time and doing the right things so uh like i said man i could not be a bigger fan of yours I, I i love watching you i think you're incredible and um i hope you win next year okay
0: thank you thank you Brett. i appreciate it right. take care man thank you
1: bye